0: Montenegro and Bosnia, Herzegovina, the Soviet Union is gone. South Africa, Georgia, Moldovia, Latvia, Belarus, Azerbaijan. Uzbekistan, hey! Kazakhstan, hey! Then there's Tajikistan, too. Hey! Turkmenistan, hey! Kurdistan! Armenia, Palu, Lithuania, Serbia, Kosovo, U.S. Samoa, the Balkans, Brunei, Macau and Crimea, then Eritrea, Ukraine and Estonia, here's Macedonia, New Caledonia, Eastern Slavonia, Ivory Coast and Cape Verde and Doha, the Solomon Islands, Dubai.
1: I'm Ed Gross, and you're listening to CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast, where we celebrate the golden age of television and movies, then and now. You may know him as Yakko Warner from Animaniacs, the brain's dim witted but good hearted partner in crime Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, and a couple of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But we know him as Rob Paulson, voice actor extraordinaire. He's also the co-author of his new biography, Voice Lessons, How a Couple of Ninja Turtles, Pinky, and an Animaniac Saved My Life. In addition to all of that, he's a survivor of stage 3 throat cancer, the threat of which, as you can imagine, was not only to his life, but his livelihood as well. Well, we're happy to say that Rob is with us, doing great, and sounding like a guy who's gotten a new lease on life in a number of ways. I really guess the best place to start is with the book, because why not? Yeah, uh, thank you. Absolutely. Talk to me about this book. First of all, what inspired you to write the book?
0: Well, uh, firstly, thank you for asking. Um, secondly, I'd had uh, other folks that is primarily fans say things like, gosh, you know, you've been doing this gig a long time. And and in the fullness of time, we found that you've been fortunate to <clears throat> be involved in several characters which have arguably become iconic culturally uh it might be a, you know with this giant expansion of animation and social media and youtube where people can actually see you do your thing live and all that maybe you should write a book and i thought you know the last thing ed the world in my view needs is a memoir from a hollywood guy especially one who is not a celebrity and i i, I it's not false modesty i'm good at my job but i don't draw them and i don't write them um and then the other aspect is I don't have a story, a sensational story of redemption. I had a lovely childhood. <laughs> I love my siblings. I don't even know what rehab looks like. And, um, God, you're boring, down. Rob, however, go ahead. Okay. I know, down. right? And however, and I've only been married, you know, 14 times instead of 15. But, um, I, uh, three years ago, um, at the, in my, essentially my 60th birthday, a few days before I was diagnosed with stage three throat cancer. Which, uh, as you can imagine, for someone who does what I do, and in general, we all, unfortunately, are people who are touched uh, and more than touched by cancer. But um, you know, it's like anything else. If you're a if you're a, a, a voice guy or a singer, and you have the prospect of losing your voice, just like if you're a place kicker and you lose your foot in a mowing accident, it's huh. not, not a great way to try to make a living. Um, so it was uh, it was pretty intense, <clears throat> and. Then I thought, now, now I got something, but not to show people, you know, how I got through my thing. Uh, except that I have learned over the last 30, 35 years of this really wonderful career, um, the power, and that is not, uh, and that's not hyperbole, the power of these characters. Ed, um, I. Years ago when Ninja Turtles really hit, I and the other guys who were the turtles, and of course we all, you interview people all the time, athletes, movie folk, we all call people. If someone wants to talk to Raphael, Deck, I'm going to call him, of course we do. <clears throat> but in the ensuing years, after the hundreds of people that I've called personally, uh, many of these parents will keep in touch with me often after their children have died. And um, that is a, is a life-changing uh, sort of ongoing circumstance. Um, and it turns out that all these characters via the people who were affected by them and were helped uh, through their name it helped me. And it really, that's hence the title Voice Lessons. I've learned a lot uh, about the way I've used my voice and it ain't all about action figures and ratings and money. its um, It was a, a profound gift to me to have countless people and their children many of whom as i said are no longer alive yeah. but their example helped me deal with my own time in the cancer cage cuz it is for everybody it's tough they told me we're pretty sure we can save you but before we do we almost have to kill you and i mean they knew that i had a good sense of humor and i laughed and i thought yeah okay now you're talking but it's not <laughs> too far from the truth that yeah. that particular treatment just because it's where it is mouth throat you know all of that it's it's pretty brutal but I'm three years later, and as far as I'm concerned, I'm cancer-free. So everything worked, and uh, I still am working. So I have nothing but gratitude. But uh, I think it's it was time for me to write a book uh, to shed light on on uh, the the, pr- the powerful nature of these characters and how they really, really do make a difference. And um, so that's the the unabridged version audiobook book of,
1: uh, of my book. <laughs> so, you know, we talk about these characters that have made an impact, like you said. Um, tell me, talk to me about the ones you think have made the most impact from your experience interacting with people and why those particular characters.
0: Well, the first batch that I was involved with, <clears throat> pardon me, that really took off were the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And um, as, you could, as you probably know, I mean, if, if you got a... Pair eyeballs. <clears throat> that franchise is, is bulletproof. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> it's it's so, it's so ubiquitous. And I would submit that you could go places in the world where people don't know who Brad Pitt is, but they know who Donatello is, and not the Renaissance artist. You know, right. um, it is absolutely, utterly remarkable, and it has never stopped being such, maybe a little bigger than others throughout the last thirty odd years. But it's it's always there. And I think. Um, the thing about the turtles, in particular, is that first of all, they're brothers. They behave as such, uh, meaning they they sort of sometimes uh, expect no quarter and give none to their stupid brother. And then they uh, they all get together to you know fight evil, and, and they have a, a master uh, sensei that they were all adopted by this uh, this human who was transformed into a rat, who becomes their sensei. So they have a father figure, a parental figure. And they are scolded. Um, they learn, and while, yeah, there, you know, there's a violent aspect, small v, because it's superhero stuff. But in the grand tradition of comic books, and I, uh, not so much comic books, because some of those are pretty dark, but yeah. a lot of animated shows, nobody dies. Nobody's supposed to die. It's, it's, I think that Turtles has, um, for lack of a better, uh, um, um, uh, metaphor, it has like that McDonald's factor. That is to say, I don't recall ever showing my son, okay, we're taking you to McDonald's now. This is a big deal in your, you know, in your, uh, in your youth. And one day my kid just said, I want to go to McDonald's. It was just, I'm sure he saw it, heard it, heard other people talking about it, but it's the kind of the same thing with turtles. I, You can't not see them. It's intriguing. One thing leads to another, the kids at school, it's, uh. It, you know, ultimately, I think because it it continues to hang on to people who grow up. That is, you know, chronologically. I meet people all the time in their 40s who have their old school Ninja Turtle stuff on from when they were 11, and uh, their kids wear the newer Ninja Turtle stuff. And they both share the experience. They talk about to me anecdotally. They talk to me about how they they uh, explore things that happen to the turtles and uh, sort of um, make them analogous to their own life circumstances. How cool is that? Yeah. So I think that there is at least now a two generation um fan base for Ninja Turtles and often they're used as a an example of fun. We bond together uh as a family I watch the same thing with my kid that I did and you know, I used to watch Looney Tunes and all that stuff with my dad. And um and and we talk about how they reflect our own lives and I hear that a lot and it's not just people standing in line to get me to sign their t-shirt it's pretty crazy and so that is one of those unique things that is timeless it's by and large for the good frankly as a cold-hearted capitalist it ticks all the boxes in terms of making money but it also has to do with things that connect people very deeply to each other that has nothing to do with money or ratings or anything it's crazy And I'm just grateful to be part of it.
1: So, okay. So that's turtles. Now I assume there's one of those characters has to be pinky or am I wrong?
0: Well, no, here's what, no, you're wrong, but this is cool. It's a great question. (laughs) Um, And I'm glad that's that's why I love talking to folks like you, because I don't, it's easy to talk to people who don't, you know, are very well versed in animation and all that stuff and pop culture and cartoons. But, but it's really great to talk to people who say, I'm not quite sure. and, and, And I love that. And, and here's why, because um, the cool thing about my job is when we were talking about t- Ninja Turtles initially, that is 35 years ago, the show sort of happened. Yeah. I became a character called Raphael. So that was one of the first uh, four Ninja Turtles. As you may recall, they were all named after Renaissance artists, Raphael, right. Donatello, Michelangelo, and, and Leonardo. Okay, so um, what's really great about my job is that nobody cares what I look like. And and I, I have my own incredibly wonderful uh, evidence of that is because 25 years later, this bulletproof franchise that we're speaking of was purchased by Viacom, which owns Nickelodeon. So Nickelodeon decided to do their version. And I got hired again, only this time to be Donatello. So I've been two different Ninja Turtles with a 25-year gap, right. which is pretty much unheard of in show business, okay? Um, but the other part of the equation is that even while I was doing those shows, or that show, Ninja Turtles and others, I did shows like Pinky and the Brain for Steven Spielberg and Warner Brothers, and that was spun off a show called Animaniacs, uh, also for Warner Brothers and with a Steven Spielberg co-production, which were very successful in the 90s, um, and they spawned off the, their own characters that I had the good fortune to voice, and then I started calling more people. Only this time we had shows that were geared more around young adults and, and adults, um, a la Looney Tunes, a la Rocky and Bowieville that were not really at all action figure based. There was very little swag. Right. There were shows that were successful for the sake of the show. So then I get requests to call, Hey Rob, or Hey, Mr. Paulson. Um, my, uh, you know, my, my oldest sister is 34 and she's going through chemo for, uh, ovarian cancer. You know she loves Pinky and the Brain. Could you and and the guy who plays the Brain please give her a call or make her a met? Happens all the time, and it did twenty years ago. And so, it all of these characters, whether it's uh, in this case, it's purely joyful. There's no really deep family connection, a la the Ninja Turtles, but it does nothing but bring deep and utter joy. And in the greatest tradition of Hollywood, I guess, an escape um, for you know from whatever it is, even if it's just. Uh, not answering the phone for an hour and a half and, and watching whatever you want. It happens to be cartoons. So these characters profoundly af- affect people as much, I would say, if not more than, you know, on camera folks. But in terms of my circumstance, I've had the great good fortune of voicing probably four or five, um, different characters over the last 25 or 30 years, all of whom seem to have some deep connection with people, including obviously me, uh, but it's uh, it's a remarkable thing, and it's a great job because, as I said, nobody cared what it looked like when I was a skinny kid from Michigan in nineteen, you know, eighty two, and they still don't when I'm a skinny older person from Michigan right. in uh, two thousand nineteen. You got the perfect face for radio, right? Is that what they say? Ain't that the right boy? I, yeah, you're preaching to the choir, my friend.
1: Believe me, I'd rather be doing this on a microphone and writing it than being on TV doing my stuff too. So I understand.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, that's why I tell people, look, I'm so grateful to, to be the point person to have these chats, but I don't draw them and I don't write them, and that is a unique skill set that I certainly don't possess. Yep, I hear you on that. You know, has the
1: you know you've been doing it for so long now? Has this is going to sound like a silly question because you would think the form is the form and no. it's the same, but has it evolved? Has has doing these shows evolved?
0: Yes. Um, well, pardon me, my. Uh, method quote-unquote and my participation hasn't um to the except to the extent that the ways we get work has changed the audition process for me has changed a lot it used to be a traditional animation that that is to say even if i was auditioning and i used to you know, as a kid i did say elsewhere and hill street blues and all those shows macgyver and so the traditional auditioning technique is you go to the whatever the you know um, um whatever the studio is and Casting office, and off you go, and you read to the producers in person, and you go home, and you get it or you don't. Um, animation was the same way; only you just go in, and sometimes they mix and match you with other actors, and show you what the character looks like, and discuss the traits of the character and the way they interact with others, and uh, and you read with your voice, and off you go. Now, as a result of as a result of um, the internet and uh, the ability to record. Um, like we're you know we're doing right now, you've probably done lots of stuff with uh, uh, ISDN and um, I forgot what the other one is. Uh, you know the different recording techniques to um, from wherever in the world right. uh, source connect, and um, and so now people can audition from literally anywhere, and a, and a uh, a casting person doesn't have to worry about scheduling human actors to come into a casting office to read for their you know, uh, animated pilot um, for Hulu or Netflix or whatever, they can just do it um, remotely. But then what that also does is it allows people, it's like, well, since we don't have to worry about parking and we don't have to worry about time, we don't have to worry about specific scheduling. Let's just listen to 500 people for the talking duck or, or the talking Ninja turtle, whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So then they say, in fact, I just saw Ryan Reynolds, you know, he's doing, um, he's been this Pikachu movie and, God, he likes doing cartoons. Why don't we call the celebrities, too? Let's get the movie star people in, too. So it just loads up the talent pool, which is fine. I mean, it's it's competition. And that ultimately is supposed to help primarily the audience, right, to get the best product. Right. But what it, it also does is it, it lowers the um, – I don't have the opportunity to be in front of an audience, quote-unquote, anymore. That is to say I go into a room full of three or four writers and producers – And I can do my shtick, and when I see how they behave behind the glass, I say, "Oh, okay, I just said something that struck a nerve. Let's let's explore that a little bit." Or they'll ask me, "Have you got something to try yet?" But now I don't have that. So, and and to be fair, no one else does either, you know. Right. But it it makes it more difficult for me to get the work. So to that extent, that's a long winded way for me to say that part's changed. When I do my job, none of that has changed at all. The recording. Um, devices, the technology has changed wholesale, hundred percent. Right. I mean, I was, you know, when I go to studios that've been going for twenty five years, and I see old Apex eight track machines in the back, you know, that have graffiti painted on them because they just they're, they they can't it breaks their heart to you know to get rid of it. Um, but uh, yeah, that's changed utterly. Um, and the um, the one other thing that's changed though, uh, in a good way, is that as a result of these news, new ways to Consume entertainment: uh, Hulu, Netflix, Amazon, Apple will soon have their own channel. All of them. Wow. It, it it is creates a demand for new product, and man, there there is a ton of new animated product on um, all the uh, pay streaming platforms um, for everybody: adults, kids, tiny kids. Um, you know, uh, uh, historical animate, you name it. Yeah. And they're looking for stuff all the time. So. Um to that extent, that's also uh, been a help. And in fact, we're doing a reboot of this show I mentioned earlier with Steven Spielberg and Warner Brothers called Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain with Steven again for Hulu um for next year. Oh, and can't that's wait. pretty cool because a guy like uh, yeah, you know, a guy like Steven Spielberg can say, you know, I'm seventy-two years old. I think you know what? I, I, I really loved Animaniacs and Pinky and the Brain. And I see Rob and Maurice and these people around doing the show and Rob still sings the songs and all that stuff. And when I say Rob, it's not like we bowled together, but you know, they pay attention to that stuff. And so they, they see us at these comic conventions and people going, wow, you know, they, this is pretty cool. Hey, Hulu, what do you say? And Hulu says, sure. Cause they're all 35 or 40 years old and they love anime They grew up, they up on animaniacs. Right. right exactly. Yeah, right. And so they're going, well, Stephen wants to do it again with a 40 piece orchestra. And guess what? The actors who did it before can, are even better than they used to be. It's, so interesting. However, I'm one of the lucky ones because I was doing this for a long time. But, you know, if I were coming out here now, I'd be pretty thrilled because I'd have a ton of opportunity that I wouldn't have been there 15 years ago.
1: Absolutely. Now, is it fun revisiting? Like you said, you came back to Turtles. Now you're coming back to Animaniacs and Pinky. Oh, I mean, is yeah. is it fun to be able to do that, to be able to step back in all these years later and bring? And again, I don't know how much changes in terms of your view of a character cuz the character's written and all that stuff but the opportunity to bring who you are now as opposed to who you were then into the character
0: oh i love yeah i do love that i mean frankly <clears throat> i think the char- the audience would probably like the characters to be as close to the their original iterations as as uh, they recall right uh, obviously the scripts and the zeitgeist there the, the scripts will be uh, updated to reflect the zeitgeist and things that we can say and things that we can no longer say, um, which I think uh, presents an interesting challenge to the, to the writers. We're pretty lucky in that regard because they, you know, they want us to sound just like we did 25 years ago. Thank God we can. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, isn't that great? And, and that's the best part of that, of this job and is, uh, is all I have to, and I promise you, even people who don't necessarily know the characters, I say, "What do you do?" Blah blah blah. blah. No kidding. Anything I would know. Well, blah blah. blah. Yeah, you know. I think I've. Co- what does that one sound like again? I'll say. Well, it sounds like this. Hello, nurse. And they go, oh my god! Yeah. Uh, how do you do it? And all it does, it's like a cool parlor trick. It just makes everybody happy. But um, no, I. They definitely want us to sound uh, both uh, audi- audibly. And uh, and in terms of the character, the, the, the sort of heart and soul of the characters. And I think uh, the, the writers, as I said, even though they're charged with quite a challenge, are, are really doing a great job. Um, fortunately, it was a, uh, in my view, I could be a little more objective than I was 20 years ago. But I, re- I recently sat back and watched about 12 of them after having not done one of uh, Animaniacs for 20 odd years. It's a really good show. It's a great show. Just, oh,
1: my God. Oh, that and Tiny Toons. They
0: were both great. Yes. Same same crew: Tom Ruger and Steven Spielberg and Gene McCurdy, and I probably did I don't know 35 or 40 tiny tunes too. And um, but yeah, I I am so proud of that show, and and honestly very obviously grateful. But the fact that Mr. Spielberg would say, you know, we're in this era of of using celebrity voice talent, that's not the issue here. We've got a set of classic characters, and and uh, unless we can find out that the original folks can can't do it. We really got to stick with them. And yeah. that's a pretty cool thing for a guy like Stephen to do. Um, so I, I I'm really uh, grateful to get a shot at it. It also presents, uh, I think a nice um, sort of, I keep saying challenge, but it, it, it is, it is a little different now also because people like us can sit that as, as uh, consumers of entertainment and literally a B something like Animaniacs. We can watch a show and say the last episode of Animaniacs produced in nineteen ninety nine or nineteen ninety eight and A B it against the very first one that will be available in twenty twenty. We can literally watch them back to back. Right. And that that's that's interesting. It's um you know, as a cancer guy, it's pretty hard to say frightening. I'm like, boy, that's a frightening thought. No, it's just a cartoon. <laughs> so, I'm not, so forgive me if I don't if I try to uh you know downplay it. It's a, it's an interesting idea it certainly makes you kind of go, well, I wonder how, how this will hold up. We'll see. I'm sure there'll be people who hate it. There'll be people who love it. There'll be people who just say, I'm so glad it's back. Regardless, as soon as I hear those voices, it makes me feel so great and blah, blah, blah. But I ultimately, I love the challenge. And I love the fact that we have this new kind of bar literally right next to each other where, you know, you like if they redid, um, Looney Tunes 20 years ago, you couldn't find them on YouTube. You had to find them on DVD or maybe a Blu ray. I mean, not a Blu ray, a, a laser disc or VHS or something. Now, you can watch them all on your phone on your lunch hour. So, Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of interesting things coming as a result of of that new way to watch stuff. Well, because they're looking
1: for content. Plus, we're in such a content hungry world right now. Oh. I mean, yeah. which in one way is great and the way it's bad is like I've been doing, I've been a journalist now for like 35 years and yeah. I used to know every TV show on the air, you know, when it was on, what channel was on, everything. Now I'm finding out about shows that are in their third season that I've never heard of. It's making me mm-hmm. crazy.
0: Well, I remember the first time I experienced that was with Justin Bieber. I, I didn't, I mean, I knew about YouTube, but I literally remember coming home to my wife and saying, I, I know this sounds like I'm sounding like my parents, but I, I've been hearing, Lately about this kid named Justin, I thought it was Beaver with a V and I said, God, that poor kid, Justin. And she said, she chuckled and she said, no, it's, it's Beaver. And I said, what, wow, who, who is he? She said, well, he's apparently a kid who's been, you know, had a couple of YouTube videos or something. Yep, that's how and he started. I knew about YouTube, but I, yes. And now, Ed, I don't know if you've been to Hollywood lately, but you drive down Highland or any of the main Hollywood thoroughfares, Sunset, Santa Monica, and you'll see billboards promoting a new young talent from YouTube and yes, <laughs> I've seen it. And it's it crazy. You, it will show you his or hers numbers Yo. in, in the, you know, in the, the corner of the, of the giant billboard. Now, look, I'm not one of those guys who thinks the Kardashians are nuts. I think they're pretty smart. Well, they're they billionaires. They gotta illegal. be smart, right? They're, they're yeah, multimillionaire. Right. They're remarkable. Yeah. They're incredibly gifted entrepreneurs. I got no problem with them at all, but man, with, uh, Reality TV and YouTube and learning how to use those tools. Boy, talk about a paradigm shift.
1: My God, I, they make me feel I, like a dinosaur. I,
0: <laughs> it, it really does. So I chose to embrace it because I love to work. And because yeah. I did have the great good fortune of getting another shot at Ninja Turtles as an actor. And now I'm direct. There's even now there's a new iteration that has come on last year. And I'm the, I'm the director on that. I, I do the, oh, I, wow, great the voice director. So that's great, too. It gives me a whole new in my Quiver career-wise, but it's pretty cool. And then, on the heels of that, we've got Animaniacs and Pinky to Brain with a built-in audience of, I don't know, 100 million maybe over the world? Yeah. Um, certainly, it, yeah, once they hear Steven, they'll check it out anyway. Um, so it's giant. I am as busy at 63 as I was at, at 33. And... I'm so grateful. Yeah. And again, I'm only limited. I, I want to be like Dick Van Dyke. I want to be like 94 years old and people still filming me at Starbucks going, Hey, you singing chim chim Cheree again, or, or United <laughs> States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, hey, Jamaica, Peru, or, you know, one of those. But, um, man, I'm telling you, it's, it's just wonderful. It is definitely overwhelming. But when I sit back and say, okay, I'm going to one thing at a time, Twitter. Okay. That's going to help me push my book. That's the people who are helping oh, yeah. me publish it are all, my son's age my son got is a journalist he got his degree in journalism out here and, and um, they're all thirty thirty five and they all have the social media skills and uh Rob when we're doing this would you please blast this out on this platform I' sorry what is that okay <laughs> what you need to learn is and I, and I have you yeah, know I'm you a little bit slower you have to if you want to compete and um, and I want to I'm really learning the synergy between, making myself available. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it definitely adds um, a dimension to my daily work, but my timing is excellent because the people who were uh, eight, nine, ten years old when I started to really do things that made a difference um, um, in terms you know, career wise are now they have their children and they, and they have nostalgia, they have shows uh, and now they're going to see stuff that they love their brand new versions of it to share with their children and their grandchildren because Steven, has I don't know three or four grandchildren, and so we're all in this really wonderful circumstance. And there are very few actors, uh, and 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 I don't know why. I'm just going to be very grateful. I am not super talent. I'm good at my job, and I can throw a dart and hit somebody else in L A. who's just as good at theirs uh, as me and better. But I've been incredibly fortunate, so I want to take advantage of this opportunity to still be relevant. Yeah. In in in, in 2020, and if we get a pick up on Animaniacs and do as many as we did before, we're talking about close to 2028 20, or 2029. 20, and then I'll be going, okay, I've had a hell of a run. Now it's time to go drive fancy cars and play golf and help people. <laughs> maybe. I, I love, if you think you can yeah, retire, right. really,
1: if, if you think you can.
0: That's right. You're right. I know. Or maybe not. But you know what else I love doing is public speaking. Clearly, I haven't shut up for the last half an hour. But, <laughs> no, you're doing um, great, man. I really enjoy it and 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 the people do too, and now I have a story uh especially with respect to the cancer and the characters um, I have a deep, deep empathy that I never would have had were it not for the cancer that's the big flat, big fat shiny silver lining is I've always been I think a decent guy um you know I try to be kind, my parents raised me well my my siblings and I are not in jail day's not over yet, but so far so good <laughs> um, but uh but now I have an empathy that you can only have. It's not good or bad. It's just the freaking truth. Yeah. They can only have, if you, if you've been on the table and, um, and to the extent that my story and my characters or you know, when I say mine quotes can help other people relieve their struggle. Oh, my friend, I I can't wait to do that. In fact, I think I'm more interested in that down the road than I am the actual work because the work is taking care of itself. I want to try this new thing and, um, and and it can be much more altruistic than it has been even thus far.
1: Look for the new Animaniacs next year on Hulu and be sure to check out Rob's biography voice lessons wherever and however books are sold. We also hope you'll subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends about it and give us a five star review. Thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time.